Yes, uh, I think the easiest way to explain it is it allows you to travel without the physical aspect of traveling. Um, it, it is a virtual experience. Welcome to Future Driven. I'm Adam Kopp, and on this podcast, I talk with entrepreneurs and industry professionals about the challenges and the wins in their business. See the vision, drive the future. Okay, welcome to episode five of the Future Driven Podcast. Today, I'm excited to have Calvin Nellis. We used to work together at Serevi Rugby at the time. Uh, how long ago was that, uh, Calvin? Oh, man. Uh, I could say about eight to 10 years, right? Has it been that long? It's, yeah, it's been a while. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your background before we dig into your current job and what you're doing today. So, you know, when you were working at Cerevi, because it was Cerevi at the time, not Atavis, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you were at Cerevi, you were a web developer. Um, so tell us a little bit about your career path uh, from, you know, post-college up until now. Yeah. So it, it's actually an interesting story because I remember before I even started at Cerevi, I remember messaging you because I was uh, very passionate about both design and rugby. And when I found out that there was uh, a combination of both moving to the Seattle area, I messaged you saying, you know, I'm still in school. I'm interested in internship or any way I can help. Um, Didn't hear back for a while. And then uh, it just so happened that uh, when I was looking for a job, you hit me up. I think it was like Facebook or LinkedIn or something like that. And you said, hey, we're looking for design help. And I I said, absolutely. but ever since then, a lot of the work that I did for Cerevi was based around, like you said, web development and design. And then from there, I moved to the East Coast where I worked primarily with a public relations firm called the Glover Park Group. And I did a little bit of the same where we would have these um, larger clients and build these gigantic campaigns that would involve uh, digital uh, website, uh, graphic, logos, um, you know, things of that nature. And one of the coolest things I actually designed when I worked for them was uh, if you've ever been to the DCA airport, they have these really cool rotundas that uh, circulate. Um, I think it's like the one in specific I was in was terminal A and I designed that whole, that whole terminal for pharma. Um, and it was one of those really cool projects. Cause I, I had to actually go to the airport and measure everything out. There were these like really random holes are in the thing that I had to, not make sure not put typography on them. It's, it's, it's a cool project, really tedious. So, um, and then after that, uh, adventure, I went, I, I moved on to the government space where I worked as a contractor consultant for a firm called Booz Allen Hamilton. Uh, and one of my main contractors was the NIH or NASA, national Institute of health, where I focused primarily on the U, UI UX side of things. Um, and then worked there for a good amount of time, and then now transitioned to my current position at Amazon, which is, as you said, UX designer, II or two. Okay, so so okay, so your title is UX designer, II, not two. II two Roman numerals. Yeah, however you want to read it. <laughs> I can't be the first one that that says that though. Yeah, I mean when. When I first initially applied, uh, I was kind of confused about the, the leveling as well, because um, when you enter Amazon, they have 
level four, five, six, seven, eight, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then talking with other current designers and previous designers, uh, they were telling me it's really hard to enter in at, at a level six. So I'll, they wanted me, they wanted to enter me at a level six, but I'm on the higher tier at a level five. So that's why they, they slapped on that UX two because I'm essentially a senior designer, but um, I just need to like get into that level six, if that makes sense. Okay. So, uh, so you're on the East coast, you did the PR thing. Did you go overseas as well? Is that what you talked about? Um, I went overseas, but it was, uh, for traveling purposes. Okay. Um, yeah. I didn't know if you worked over there. Okay. So, uh, so let's dive into, you know, Amazon cause it's not just Amazon. It's in particular Amazon Explorer, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, you know, I just recently heard about Amazon Explorer because of your, you know, your, one of your posts on LinkedIn, I think it was. And so I went and checked it out and thought it was super interesting. Did it with the family. I don't think I've, I've told you actually, we went and did um, a tour of a Costa Rica animal habitat because mm. my wife and my kids and I, two years ago, we went and spent a month in Costa Rica. So, you know, since, you know, 2020, we couldn't travel this year. You know, it was a really cool opportunity to take the kids back if you will. And we had this really cool one hour experience. So, uh, can you tell us, you know, what, what is Amazon Explorer? Yes. Uh, I think the easiest way to explain it is it allows you to travel without the physical aspect of traveling. Um, it, it is a virtual experience for, uh, their individualized virtual experiences for what you're, what you're interested in. Um, so in your case, you wanted to visit a, um, a animal habitat in Costa Rica, but there are a lot of different experiences such as cooking, such as uh, traveling uh, alongside a, a small road in France. They have um, experiences that are based around um, if you want to go uh, shopping, uh, they have experiences if, if you just want to have a tour guide and you can uh, tell the tour guide where you want to go within the city. Um, they have uh, they have things where you can just you know the category of of learning create. So if you're interested in art, they have uh, you know lessons where you can someone from from Spain or Argentina can give you the, the ability of having a drawing lesson or or a painting lesson. Um, just a broad spectrum of things um, that you might be interested in um, are available on the platform. So and that just launched this year, right? Or has it been around for a little bit? Yeah. So the the beta launched. Uh, I believe it's been about a month and a half, two months now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, super interesting. So, and one thing is is I'm not sure what you would how you would describe it, but we can see them, but the guide or whoever's on the other side cannot see us. So it's one way visual. Mm -hmm. that, that's exactly it. So for now, we have uh, one one way video. Um, but, uh, things that are being developed in the future have to do with uh, two way. Um, but for now we're looking what we call a one-to-one -one experience, which is, you know, also known as private. Um, and then also, uh, just the one way. So the, the customer is able to see the host, but the host cannot see the customer. They can only hear the, the audio of the customer. Right. And I found it pretty interesting. So I'm curious, uh, you may or may not know, or maybe it differentiates depending on who we're dealing with, but the person that was walking us through this habitat had a device of some sort that they were 
listening to and, and listening to what, uh, what we were saying, showing the camera. And then, but she had like preloaded videos. So if the animals were not behaving the way that, you know, we wanted them to, for example, because in that scenario, she can only control so much, she would have like preloaded videos of the monkeys doing certain things or the, or the leopard feeding. And so what, what can you tell us about what, like what that is? Is that just like a, an interface that they have? Yeah, so the, the really cool thing about Amazon Explore is it is not third-party dependent. So there are other experiences or uh, platforms out there such as Airbnb experiences um, uh, on Zoom, which primarily uh, rely on the Zoom software. But for Amazon Explore, it's software that, that we built and that we, we keep in-house. Um, so along with the software, each and, each and every individual host that is um, that is part of the software is provided the necessary materials and given thorough training on how to use our software, how to, um, like you were mentioning, how to upload videos, how to uh, engage with certain content when you're in the experience itself. So uh, when we talk about them being able to preload video, that's something that they were trained on, did beforehand, the, the actual experience started. And then because of the, the software that we provided them, they are able to easily, you know, give you the content in session to, to help make it a little bit better experience for the customer. Cool. Very cool. So I, when I went on, I think we had to like apply to basically because of the beta program probably, but then we got approved and then we could cruise through, like you said, they, we could go to different cities. I mean, there's all the wine tasting, shopping, which obviously connects back to Amazon's model. Um, and then, uh, but I found it pretty interesting that you could also apply to be a host. So um, tell us a little bit about that. What does that mean? And who, who is Amazon looking for? Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting question. Um, there are no necessary prerequisites for who we're looking for, but say, in saying that we are looking for experiences that will delight customers. Um, if, if you're someone that, you know, might own like, uh, I don't know, this is just like a, a small use case, but you know, someone that might own like a, a small fish shop and then, you know, they, he wants to take the customers throughout the fish shop. That's great in and of itself, but we may work with that host and say, you know, there might be able, uh, other things you might be able to do to help, uh, delight the customer and make this a great experience versus, you know, there are uh, travel agencies and other people that Amazon hook up as, as um, you know, the quote unquote entities that, that have experience in the tourism industry, that have experience on these, you know, either guided or one-on-one or -on -one tours. And they'll come to us saying, um, you know, we have this established company, we wanna, uh, we wanna broadcast and, you know, put our brand on Amazon Explore, what do you think? And that's, that's when it becomes a little bit easier for us because, you know, they, they already in, they're already in the tourism um, industry. So we, we basically just give them the necessary steps of one, two, three, they sign up for the platform. Uh, we have to give them the training on the Amazon software, the app and all the, you know, products and stuff that we send them. Um, and then they're, they're basically off and running. And then can they promote it themselves as well, like individually outside of Amazon? Uh, so you mean promote themselves? Do you mean uh, check out our experience on Amazon Explorer? 
Yeah, like basically telling people to go there and sign up. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You guys probably encourage that. And then, mm-hmm. but then obviously because of the eyeballs that Amazon has, you're going to naturally, um, people will stumble upon whatever experience you might have. So like, do you know how many experiences are offered right now? Uh, last time I checked, it was about 180. Okay. Um, that number may uh, fluctuate up and down, yep. but um, last time I checked, it was on there. And primarily international experiences or? It, it's a good mixture of both, but I'd say the higher percentage would be on, uh, on the international soil. So that people can go travel, do experience. Like one I saw was like experience like a church in Italy or something like that. And you get a tour of that without having to go there. And you get this like customized one-on-one experience that, because what was really cool, you know, going back to my experience was, um, I think it was like a Jaguar or a leopard or something that was pretty playful and active. And so we had some time left. So we said, Hey, can you go back to the leopard and check it out? Or, you know, and then she went over to the monkeys to see if we could get them to feed again. So it was very customizable um, based on, you know, the, the host was uh, asking us what we want to see. And I, because I knew she couldn't see us, I described that, you know, my seven-year-old, my five-year-old, my three-year-old, or I was sitting right in front of the TV they're watching so so she knew her who her audience was as well mm-hmm. yeah and then uh i guess th- there's two different points i'd like to make about uh what makes this platform or service unique one is that a lot of the experience that we have allow you to shop in session so what that means is if you're interested in traveling to france without the physical aspect of it then you can take an experience where someone might walk you into a boutique store and you can say, you could actually click on screen. And once you click on screen, it'll show the host, Hey, I'm really interested in that blue scarf. The host will show it to you, tell you the material. Um, and then you can check out it. You could check out that scarf in session and then have it sent to you a couple of days later. Um, that's, that's one. The, the, the second one is, and I don't know if you had a, a chance to experience it or not, but a lot of the experience, uh, experiences include what's called an experience kit. So when you sign up for it, they send you an experience kit within uh, two to three business days. And what what's in that experience kit is once you're in the experience going through it, they'll tell you to open up certain boxes during the experience. So if you're 15 minutes in and they're walking you through a market in uh, Kyoto, Japan, and they say, open up box number one, the box number one has to deal with where they are in that moment. And it helps you, it helps your senses. It helps, it might be, you know, incense that's included in the box. So it helps you like, sorry. You would send the person. Amazon. Boxes. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So you have, so you have that physical touch as well. Exactly. So uh, it, it tries to get your senses involved too, not just your, the visual aspect, but the smell, the touch, the taste, uh, it, whatever, it, whatever experience includes what's called a, an experience kit, it helps you along that process uh, more than visually. Okay. So then maybe the one that I chose might not have that. And then obviously that's an additional, that's an additional cost, right? Or, or is that just included in that particular experience? Uh, it's it's included. So uh, if if you go throughout the platform and one of the bullet points says includes experience kit, 
then that might be an, an XSOM. But once you check out with that XSOM, it automatically sends you it. There's no additional cost. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So one of the experiences that has that is, I believe it's called um, walking throughout, uh, I forgot the specific name, but it's a, it's a market in Tokyo. Um, and that was actually one of the first experiences I took when I, when I joined the team. And just everything from their training to the content to how engaging the host was, it, it was an amazing experience. Um, so I, I highly recommend that one if, if you ever have uh, a second chance on, on taking an experience. Oh yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, one, I was really super interested uh, because it was something new. And, and it just seems like uh, an interesting way to experience different things without having to, uh, I mean, obviously you can't replace in person, um, but for a fraction of the price, you should <laughs> market in Tokyo. And then yeah. another level, the fact that you guys send things and then that gives you that feeling, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, nor do we want to replace the physical aspect of being there, but I think this helps drive the communication and connection because there might be a point where, you know, you know, you doing your experience in Costa Rica, someday you might visit Costa Rica and might go to that same animal habitat. And guess what? You already know the host and you guys have already have that, you know, pre existing built connection. So um, whatever helps, uh, especially I, I guess during this time, connect people, and you know, give a more uh, you know collaborative sense of how we can use technology to 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 better help people's sense of communication and and connection is what we're aiming for. Yeah, I do want to mention something on that. But before I ask that, uh, you had mentioned like someone goes into uh, on the two points that you made. The first one was like someone enters the shop, check out that blue scarf. They hold it up. Now that product not necessarily on Amazon that is just a product that that host sells, right? So you're saying that you could buy something uh, in whatever shop that 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 host has, and then they pack it up, they send it directly to you, but all the transactions go through Amazon. Mm -hmm. Right, correct. Mm -hmm. You could potentially get some one-off unique things that you wouldn't normally ever have access to, but because of this scenario, um, yeah, there's a pretty cool promo video for Amazon that explains, or for Amazon Explorer that explains it, which does a really good job with that. Um, and then the thing I wanted to ask you, which made me, when you were talking about this year and COVID and everything, is like, it seemed like such a timely thing to launch this, you know, a couple months. Now, obviously, this was in development before that, but uh, any insight on, did, did COVID accelerate this idea? Did uh, was it always ready to launch kind of Q2, Q3 of 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a, it's a legitimate and good question because, uh, I mean, even outside of this team, a lot of people direct that question towards us because I joined about three-fourths of the way in um, because this product has been in development in the works for the past four to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the initial team members when I joined uh, there's about two to three of them that that I've been on it since the very beginning. And the very beginning, uh, was like the very, you know, the quote unquote trial stages of 
they they tested out what kind of what kind of equipment can, could the host use. Like uh, w- when you talk about um, you know walking throughout a city, um, you know if if they need to hold something up, like if we if we wanted to give them a backpack to hold something up for them, um, you know we thought about all these different use cases of of how we can best uh, help the host give a, give a customer a good experience, um, and then. To your point about uh, it, it being accelerated, when I joined the team, uh, we had these milestones that we had to get to to help uh, launch this product, and we we didn't we didn't launch the beta until again like uh, I believe it was like two probably two months ago. So even during when um, COVID was happening or be- beginning develop uh, the beginning of this year, probably December, January, February time. Um, this was still in the works, uh, whether, you know, it was, uh, you know, pushed to, uh, uh, the beta or, or pushed to, um, accelerate even faster from the beginning. Um, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure cause I, I wasn't part of it, but I could say once I joined, there was a sense of, you know, let, uh, we have these milestones, we have these dates, we have this schedule. Let's try to, let's try to see if we can at least, uh, push out a beta for customers to actually experience what this, what this offering is. That's pretty cool. So you joined how long ago? Um, I th- it'll be about six, six months, five, six months now. Okay. And you're obviously enjoying it. I am. It's there's a, the reason I enjoy it is because there's a, a lot of, because this is a new service and we provide our own um, video streaming software there's a lot of problems and there's a lot of interesting uh, issues to tackle. Yeah. And so um, I'm, I'm involved in both of the, the UX and, you know, uh, the quote unquote uh, re- research side of things. So it's very, it's very interesting um, to think of like all these new concepts that uh, you can't find in a lot of products today um, and all like the, the use cases and, and questions and, you know, things we have from, the, the UX side of things of, of how to build uh, this, this new product for the, for the customer. Nice. So I want to go back to, you had said something about you were troubleshooting like what they would carry and what they would hold and things like that. So what are they holding? Um, so right now it is a, you can, the easiest way to, to uh, say what it is, it's, it's a cell phone with a selfie stick, but it's a, it's a, it's a swivel selfie, selfie stick. So um, the, the reason why you took your experience and you could see that it, it was so steady and it was, um, you know, they, they would sit there and turn, yeah, they would turn it around and the, the picture seemed very steady is it, it's on one of the, the swivel sticks. So um, one of the things that we also have to work on from our end is being able to make sure that the, the video quality and the stabilization of the video is intact for the customer as well. Um, because, uh, a lot of the things that, uh, you know, trials that we were going, going for at the beginning is, um, especially like the tours is the host, the host had to walk around a lot. And if we just provided them a cell phone with a selfie stick, there was a lot of turbulence involved with that. There was a lot of video shaking, um, interruptions. Uh, we have, we have to think about, um, cell phone connectivity, both on the host and customer side, if either one has, you know, relatively a slow connection, what does that look like? How do we troubleshoot for it? Um, so yeah, all, all that stuff kind of intertwined. Internet access in, in 
And so obviously you just using cellular internet to connect everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from the, from the host side, it's, it's, uh, it's cellular, but, um, right now we're only providing the experience on desktop for customers. Um, but in, in the future we're of course thinking about how we can provide the experience on mobile tablet, make it responsive, et cetera. So before we talk to the future, cause I'd love for you to, you know, give us some, some insight on what's happening in the future, but how about I, I become a host and I take people crabbing on Camino Island Saturday mornings. Will that get passed? Will that improve? Um, <laughs> again, like we, there, there is, there are no, like, there's no check boxes or prerequisites or requirements to become a host. If, if, if you're excited about what you do and you can project that uh, onto the customer or, or who you might be giving the tour to, uh, I, I think we're all for it. Like, we'll, 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 we'll set you up with all the equipment. We'll give you the training. And if, if you can provide a delightful experience for 30, 45 minutes to an hour, then we're all for it. That'd be kind of cool. Right. You know, I can just imagine me, you know, I wait, I wait till the experience starts. I got the boat already in the water and we jump on the boat. We zoom out to the pots. We pull the pots up. Sometimes you get 10 in there. Sometimes you hopefully you get zero. We'd have to make sure. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, you pull them out, clean them, do the whole thing. And you, the only thing you can't do is you can't eat them, I guess. Mm -hmm. but, but no, but, but, but I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you guys looking for things that have transactions involved? Or is that, is that a, like, or is being just a, an experience, an interesting experience okay? I think being an interesting experience is okay. Like we, we're, we're not just looking for experiences that involve, you know, any type of conversion or transaction in session. We're just looking for, you know, experiences that our, our customers would be interested and excited about taking. Yeah. So if, if, if you want to do an experience of, you know, let's go out and catch crabs and clean them and that gets the customer excited and they want to book your sessions, then we're all for it. Nice. Okay. I'm going to check that out. Cause I know you got an application online that I can go fill out. Cause I even told uh, a local real estate agent that he should sign up to be a host and to give tours of Camino Island area and the beaches and different things like that. Cause, cause up here on Camino, there's not a lot, you, there's, you can't get access to a lot of the beaches cause it's all private. And mm -hmm. so he was able to give uh, private uh, tours, if you will, of the surrounding area. And then obviously for him, that would then circle back to him as an agent and how he can, you know, get more leads as a, as a real estate agent. So. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's not just that it's uh, like also helping the tourism aspect of Camino Island as well, right. because if, if people take the experience and they, they're not necessarily informed or, or know a lot about Camino Island and someone gives them a really quick tour of the beaches and you know, how beautiful it is where they can go then they'll be a little bit more inclined to, you know, either word of mouth, tell people about it or actually visit themselves. Cool. No, that's pretty cool. Pretty interesting. So um, can you tell us anything about like what is to come? Maybe not even particular with Amazon Explorer, but in the industry that we're talking about, what would you classify this as like virtual experiences or, um, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you, how do you classify what Amazon Explorer is? Yeah, I would say, I would say virtual experiences, digital content. Um, 
Yeah, I, I guess it, it could be categorized as that. Um, but to answer your question about what's going on in the future, um, some of the higher level things I could say is, um, like I mentioned earlier, is we're looking at making this whole experience responsive so so people can take it on their their cell phones, on their tablets, because a lot of the research says, and you're probably familiar with this, a lot of the experiences and people accessing our platform are from a cell phone. Um, so for them to initially look and book on a cell phone and then take the experience on a desktop, um, is is um, it's it's good from uh, for our immersive experience, but we also want to you know tackle that um, th those people as well. So if they want to take it on a tablet or mobile, then, then that's great. Um, another thing that I mentioned is uh, the the one way versus two way video. Um, so we're we're looking at that and and trying to see you know what we can do to to help provide that service and make it better for customers. Um, and then a lot of a lot of other stuff, a lot of other really exciting stuff um, that I'm actually currently working on, um, that I think um, you know you should see in the next couple of months. Uh, so I'll, I'll keep you updated once everything starts rolling out. But well, like end of 2021, will there be a thousand plus experiences? That, that's what that's what we hope for. That that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you got the beta test out there. So organically people are hearing about it. You must be promoting it, different things like that, but you need the host to apply. Cause obviously there's some sort of revenue share, right? The host gets paid a certain amount to do this. Correct. Yeah. I'm not quite sure uh, what it is like on the business side, but I, I do know that, um, in order to become a host, you have to be trained and there has to be hours associated with you be becoming a host. So I imagine there's some type of, you know, compensation or, or other things involved regarding that process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if we have, if we have a, a thousand plus experiences by the end of 2021, that'd be amazing. Cause that just means more things for our customers to check out more things to delight our customers, more things to inevitably experience for yourself. So that'd be awesome. Nice. And I'm not too familiar with the whole infrastructure of all Amazon, but does it, does Amazon Explore fall into a category of other companies? Is it kind of its own kind of category? You know, how does it, how does it kind of fit with the rest of the Amazon? Yeah. So, so Amazon is basically built out in different orgs or organizations. So uh, once you get into Amazon, it's split up into uh, I guess you can call them teams or orgs and uh, within certain teams, you'll have a, a very unique name. And uh, when someone within Amazon or outside of Amazon says, you know, what team do you work for? And you say, I work for X team. Um, you know, it, it, it always gives like uh, a hint of um, like mystery. Cause like I, you could say, I work, I work for team Matic within Amazon. They're like, well, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. And so, it, it's it's up to your discretion, it, especially um, because of the org I'm involved in. It's it's a little bit more um, confidential. So when when I say I, I work for X team with an Amazon, they're like, well, "What does that mean?" I was like, "Well, you could use your imagination, I suppose." <laughs> nice. Well, uh, but Amazon explores its own department has a you know kind of its own revenue streams and and everything that's going through, and um, so. That's pretty cool, man. Pretty interesting stuff. 
Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I remember when, when I was uh, initially being interviewed uh, for this position, um, the manager and everybody involved uh, was very high level about everything. They kept on saying, oh, we can't, we can't tell you what it is. We can't tell you what it is. But all we can say is it's exciting. And I was like, well, exciting is somewhat subjective, right? Like someone can look at a bug on the ground and say, like, this is exciting development. But to me, that's just another bug on the ground. So I, I had a little bit of hesitation before joining, but now that I've actually, you know, gone through it and uh, been with the product, not necessarily from from A to Z, but more from, I guess, like D to Z. Well, actually, we're not even at Z yet. We're still in beta. But you know what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm still involved in like the process of, of something that's just starting up with Amazon. So so that's pretty exciting. Nice. So what about you personally? Uh, what What do you see? uh over the next couple of years with with calvin kind of where where do you see your career going yeah so a, along with this project um i'm very interested in ar vr and mixed reality so um i'm actually taking some classes on the side to help supplement supplement uh, uh the unity software and so i'm very interested in becoming I guess what's called a, like a, a virtual designer. Um, so, so trying to get into the space of like, um, you know, designing for augmented, mixed, virtual, all that kind of different space. Cause I, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a different reality from ourselves. And I think it's really interesting. Nice. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What, what about yourself? Uh, I plan to be doing this for about the next 30 years or so. <laughs> 30 years or so. <laughs> And, it, and until you get a Joe Rogan on your podcast? Well, not necessarily the podcast, <laughs> but, but uh, well, no, I mean, I've been, you know, I worked for other companies for 18 years before I started Matic. And, you know, I think every entrepreneur, everybody has their own journey. And uh, I needed those 18 years working with other people, working with, uh, working underneath other, you know, CEOs, presidents and everything to kind of, figure out exactly how I wanted to build my company culture, how we wanted to do different things. So yeah, it's been, it's been a really fun journey. And then, you know, four years ago, as you know, I launched Matic and it's been a lot of fun, you know, building it from the ground up. I mean, we're just a little itty bitty thing in the grand scheme of things, but uh, it's mine, it's unique and uh, I got a great team. And so I feel good about that. So. Um, yeah. I, I remember even when I was working, uh, uh, at Serevi with you alongside, you're always talking about, you know, potentially starting your own thing. So when I heard about Matic, I was both excited and happy that you, you took that initial step or, or leap of faith to start your own thing. Um, because I, I know that takes a lot of, you know, courage and, and guts and, you know, people are, are scared from the, the first initial steps and it seems like a lot of things have been working out for you. So, so that's really good. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, I, so I technically launched uh, Matic in 2006. So I've always kind of had it as my side hustle. And then it wasn't until 2016 that I launched it full time. So, yep. um, but yeah, no, it's been, that's crazy that we've already known each other for, you know, cause I've been on Kameno for eight years. So, and, and if you're, because when, before we started, we were talking about uh, all the projects that I do up there. So uh, that was in very early stages of, uh, of all the projects so yeah so I, I you might have just moved out to Camino then because it might have it might be just eight years since since we worked at Srevi together yeah so that's pretty crazy 
Well, sir, I left Sarevi after Sarevi Adivis after five and a half years. And so they were about six years old of the company and four years. So that was 10 years ago. So yeah, I'm guessing eight or nine years. So somewhere in there. So can I, can I direct some questions towards you now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, awesome. So what have been the major challenges when you first initially started up Matic and how have you overcome those challenges? Uh, you know, the first challenge, the biggest challenge I guess that I had was figuring out what part of marketing I wanted to tackle. And uh, I knew that I was, you know, my career being the creative background, I wanted to, you know, bring that creative uh, element to companies. Um, but, uh, you know, because I never really had, you know, web development or the technical side of my career, I always needed support. So I had to kind of start to build a team around that. But, uh, um, yeah, the biggest challenge that I had was, you know, what part of marketing did I want to tackle? Cause it can be such a broad topic. And, uh, and honestly, four years later, we're still, you know, we've, we've narrowed it, but it still could use some, some sharpening for sure. Did you have the, like the, the clientele and people that you're interested in working alongside with before you started, or is this something that has been continuing and and evolutionizing since Maddox started? I mean, I, I had a network of people that I reached out to right away, but, uh, and I had one client that I basically was able to start with right away when we, when, when I first left. Um, but no, I mean, it was a bit of a, of a, a leap of faith because I went from, you know, having a team, uh, and driving kind of the, the overall, the marketing department to then, you know, having to go out, be more of the business development. And then, cause I didn't really know how big of a team or you know, that I wanted to have. Like I, I, I knew at first, maybe I thought I would just be like a, a lone wolf and, you know, kind of come in as a, a specific consultant, if you will, or, or creative director for companies. But then um, as, as, as we started going, um, I was meeting up with a lot of startups. I was meeting up with, you know, people that needed kind of the, the, what I would call a CMO in-house without having to pay for a CMO. So that quickly kind of became our niche of, Hey, we'll, you know, sign us on for six months or a year. We'll come in small team at that time, three or four people. We'll do all the things that you need and we'll build the websites, the digital ads, all the creative rebrand, whatever you need. And then we'll hand it off to uh, your in-house team or we'll help you hire somebody uh, new if that's something that you want. So mm-hmm. that's, kind of, that was, that was kind of the first, you know, one to two years on on how we how we did it Mm. and so if if and i guess this is a question i i ask uh my my interview as i'm going throughout the process but if if you can if you can go back a couple years before you started matic what's one thing that you would tell yourself um before you know stepping out on that ledge and, and and taking that that leap the one thing that i would tell myself is to really hone in on the things, the main thing that you like to do and, and then go after that. And don't try to find things that, uh, 
you know, that you think the client will want or that you think they need because you end up, even though you might be able to pull it off, it ends up being harder than the things that you know you're really good at and you like to do. And, uh, you know, so when I think about Matic, we are a brand development and storytelling agency. So if that's not really what you're looking for, then, you know, if you're not looking for long-term growth and you're, you're looking to build systems or you, if you are looking to build systems that will help you long over time, then we're a good fit. But if you're looking for that quick fix or, you know, down and dirty kind of approach, then, you know, there's tons of options out there. So mm -hmm. I think it's, and I've learned that over the last couple of years that, you know, when I, when I meet with somebody and we talk about potential work together, I usually, usually can tell right away if I'm going to enjoy working on the project and if I'm going to enjoy working with them. And then, um, you know, and there's only been a handful that in the, in the past couple of years, but you know, you can tell that because, uh, you know, everything that we do here is, is we're not industry specific. It's more about the deliverable specific. So, uh, but I can tell when we get into negotiating if uh, um, if it's the direction that we want to go and I know we'll be successful versus like the direction that they want to go, which is, you know, completely, that's what they're spending the money. The client needs to know what they want. And it's more of like, you know, if we're a good fit for them. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a really strong side uh, of not only a designer, but a salesman as well is being able to to, to walk away. And so I, th I think, I think you, you can attest to what you've been through with, with Matic, but um, especially, uh, you know, some of the, the side things that I, I've been trying to work on is being able to, like you said, leverage what you can do, what the client wants and trying to make sure it's a good fit. Cause I've been in situations and you've probably been in situations where, you know, the client to client relationship is probably, you know, one that you can look in the past and say, you know, I, I probably shouldn't have explored that area. So, yeah. So it's always hard because you want to, you want to make it work. You know, you yeah. want an opportunity and, and, you know, you end up learning in the bad situations anyways, even if you don't pull it off or you fail or whatever. So you end up, you know, and sometimes you learn that I don't want to get back into that situation. So, yeah. you know, that's been a big, you know, but you know, it's, it's difficult because, uh, you know, you want, you want to make things work. I, I find that there's a lot of interesting companies to work out, work with out there. And, uh, but I, I, I like to find the ones that, uh, because I, it's, it's, and one thing for me, cause I, I do a lot of the, I do most of the, if not all the business development here. And so then once they come in, we, we figure out the scope of work, then I'll hand them off to a strategist. And then that, that strategist will take the client and, and, run with it with the rest of the team. And so I have to keep that in mind that just if I got somebody over the line and they sign on, that doesn't mean that the team's going to be happy in the end. And, and so I've got to make sure that uh, they align with kind of what, what I'm looking for. And then, you know, when I say what I'm looking for, it's really the whole team because they're really the ones that are executing on the deliverables and, and drilling down day to day. Mm -hmm. And I guess the, the final thing that I'll kind of say on all that is, is what I've done, what I've, as a, uh, my creative direction background and everything has been, I want to blend the creativity with, with the strategy. And strategy is such a wide bucket of, you know, how do you pay somebody for strategy? But man, if you can, 
if you can really identify where you're going, why you're doing it, and what you're trying to pull off, and then combine that with a really good UI UX, you know, someone who's as you are, and and you know, that's such a difference, right? Like, it's such a it's so important, I think, to have a good experience, whether it's website, digital ad, branding, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's such a difference to have that, and so that's where I'm trying to to have two worlds combine with the creativity and and the strategy into one uh, experience. So that's why ours, our experiences here at Matic take a little bit longer than normal because we usually rip everything back and start fresh. Um, And, uh, you know, down to why are we here? Who are you talking to? You know, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 and just to add on to that topic, I, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed from my transition working in government to working for Amazon is when I was working for the government, I was primarily focused on what exactly the client wanted. But working with Amazon, they are, um, and you probably heard the, the term before, customer obsessed. And every single project project and everything we do involving Amazon Explorer always works back, works backward from the customer. Um, and what that entails is just, you know, doing the research, doing the UI UX, doing everything behind what we can do to make this the most enjoyable experience for the customer. And that's why we work so closely alongside the host. We work so, so closely alongside, you know, the, the, the business, the strategy teams the marketing teams, because, you know, all this kind of flows down to um, how we can provide a platform and experience that, you know, when it boils down to people actually want to take. Because if, if you took that Costa Rica experience and, you know, we didn't, we didn't work backwards from a, a customer perspective, then all that in-session content, everything that you experienced, everything that, that you really enjoyed involving that, that, that virtual experience, you know, may or may not exist depending on you know what avenue or what design direction or um you know workflow you go through so i just thought it was a really interesting perspective to to sit there and you know think about the end user first and then do do whatever you want regarding your design or work process and and work backwards from that so no that's pretty cool well i mean amazon as a whole has done a really good job of making the customer experience. So there's no doubt that uh, they would do the same thing in Amazon Explorer. And my first experience was pretty awesome. I've been telling people about it just because I think it's unique. I think it's original. And uh, uh, there's so many, so many ways that you could, you know, take it to a smaller scale if you wanted to. But, but uh, um, yeah, no, super cool, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on today and telling us a bit about uh, what you got going on and, and, uh, and uh, let's do this in a year, a year from now, when you got a thousand uh, plus experiences, and you can tell us a little bit more about what's going to what's going to come on. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then just the, the last side note: if if you want to uh, provide me any feedback or do anything involving your experience with Amazon Explorer, like let me know. We actually like look at each and every individual survey and things we send out to customers, and make sure that you know things are even though like 
if you say something like, oh, like the videos offer something like very broad, it's always something we look into. So mm -hmm. if, if, if you have anything that you would like to suggest or just providing overall feedback, um, it'd be awesome to hear from you. Well, I want to do, I want to become a host. So I got to figure out what I'm going to do so I can become a host and then give some people some cool experiences. Yeah. Uh, let me know about that too. Cause I, I can uh, direct you to, to the right people and hopefully make your the process for applying a little bit easier. I like it. I like it. Uh, cool. Calvin Nellis, uh, UX designer, not to I, I thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and, uh, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. <laughs>